Greetings, Seamheads, and welcome into the latest installment of the 20th and Blank Podcast, a Colorado Rocky-centric podcast powered by Mile High Sports. I am your host, Anilo Piro, back at it with another installment of the 20th and Blank Podcast. Uh, looking forward to this one, guys. A lot of interesting stuff to talk about regarding your Colorado Rockies uh, following their 12-11 victory today versus the division rival San Francisco Giants. But uh, it's a gloomy day. <laughs> you know, it's been a kind of crappy weather outside each of the last few days. I've been sick for like two weeks. So if I'm taking like weird long pauses in between sentences, I apologize. Like that one. Um, I'm just kind of short of breath right now. I've been dealing with this annoying, annoying cold here the past few days. And it's just been decided to linger. And I got this wheezing going on and my lungs don't want to cooperate with me. And it, I think, you know, walking outside in the rain yesterday probably didn't help, especially with no hat on or really just a light jacket. So I'm going to do my best to get through this one um, as strong as I can. But I do apologize if I'm a little bit under the weather as we speak here on this gloomy Thursday afternoon here in the Mile High City. But uh, let's talk about the Colorado Rockies, shall we? Uh, but before we do that, be sure to check out all of our work here um, at Mile High Sports, online at milehighsports.com, as well as in the magazine, which is our monthly issue that comes out every month. You can pick that up from uh, from King Supers, anywhere from Foco to Castle Rock. We really, really do appreciate it when you guys check that stuff out. We put a lot of time and effort into building that magazine. You know, we want it to be as strong as possible. We want to have some great list of uh, viewership and whatnot. So there's a, a lot of time and work and effort that goes into producing that magazine. So be sure to do us a favor and check out the Mile High Sports magazine. We really, really do appreciate that. Uh, I have an, actually a really interesting story coming up here in the sports science issue, which is the next installment of the mag. Uh, talking about John Gray is an experience at going to driveline this past offseason. And for those of you that don't know what driveline is, it's an analytically and data-driven uh, based performance baseball facility um, based in Washington State, and John kind of went up there this past offseason and really tried to re rework himself as a pitcher and, and worked on some fundamental stuff, uh, really, you know, which has been kind of the key for him to getting back on track so far this season. So really looking forward to bringing you guys um, that piece for the magazine here it, coming up in a few weeks, so definitely going to want to keep an eye out on that. Uh, be sure to follow me on social media, on Twitter at Media by AP and on Instagram at avp.media. Would really, really uh, like it if you guys follow me on there. I try to interact with you guys as best as possible. For instance, um, before the start of this podcast, I threw up a tweet and an Instagram post asking uh, any Rockies fans if they have questions that they would like addressed on this podcast. So I'll get to those here towards the end as we round this out. But uh, let, let, let's dive into this club. You know, they escaped with the victory today, 12 to 11 over the San Francisco Giants, improving their record to 17 and 20. Giants dropping to 16 and 21 on the season. Uh, and this was the final game of that series. Uh, yesterday's game postponed due to inclement weather. They'll make that up as part of a split doubleheader, I believe, later on in the year. I believe in August. So don't don't quote me on that. But I remember reading something. Um, and it, it was just an interesting game from the get-go. You know, uh, Mark Reynolds and Nolan Arenado get things started for the Rockies early, scoring three runs in the first, four in the second. So, you know, by the end of the second inning, the Rockies had a 7-0 lead. And Kyle Freeland struggling in the third and fourth innings, allowing two and three runs respectively. Granted, those two errors that the Rockies did commit today um, came at the hands of Ian Desmond and Ramel Tapia, which is really kind of just interesting considering that a lot of Rockies fans have been clamoring for Desmond to take a seat when Tapia, you know, because they want Tapia to play more in the outfield. But clearly two of those players have flaws, although Tapia has offensively has really shown some strong signs of improvement here. So going to be interesting to see how that trend continues to, uh, you know, trend, you know, um, so we'll, we'll uh, update that stuff here later in the podcast, but let's focus in on the game. Um, just, just not a good day on the mounds today for Kyle Freeland, who really has continued to struggle so far this season. And, and for Freeland, I, I, I don't want to say that you have to, you know, hit the panic button by any means, but 
We're a handful of starts into the season now, and he just has not looked like himself. And and listen, Rockies fans are fantastic. They're great baseball fans, but the term ace was thrown around so much last season with Freeland considering his dominance uh, on the mound last year. And, and listen, it's, it's just silly to think that Kyle Freeland is an ace at this point in his career. He had one good year, and his year prior to that was pretty solid. You know, you can't consider him an ace by any means, and I think today today's start was just another instance of why you know, he, he is not, he's creeping in on that territory, absolutely, but he, he is not there yet by any means, in my opinion. Uh, a good pitcher with a lot of potential and a lot of um, wipeout stuff on the mound, but, uh, you know, he's just, he still has some fine-tuning to do, and starts like these just cannot continue to happen if he wants to be considered an ace in this league. And, you know, he did finish fourth in the Cy Young voting last year, which was a major positive for him. But, you know, you've got to be able to show these guys, especially on the East Coast, that you can do it consistently. And and that was not on display here. Freeland going only five innings today, allowing four hits, uh, allowing three earned runs on four hits, giving up five runs total, but two of them were unearned, allowing four walks. That's a really big issue. The walks have been killing the Rockies starting rotation so far this season while only striking out three and allowing a home run. Freeland's ERA now sitting at 5.84 this season, so obviously not great stuff collectively from Kyle um, at this point in time. So it will definitely be interesting to see how he continues to trend um, as this season continues to progress because outside of Herman, you know, Herman Marquez has really been the only legitimate workhorse for this Rocky starting rotation so far this season. The only starter, I believe, with an ERA under three. So John Gray's creeping up towards that mark. I believe John Gray's sitting at a three-something ERA, mid-threes, which is really good, but it's not Herman Marquez level. And, you know, I talked about it before the season started. Herman Marquez is the Rockies' best pitcher he has the best stuff, the best ability, and collectively, I think he just has the best mindset of all the Rocky starters. And and I think you know with Freeland's struggle so far this season, that's definitely starting, um, you know, to take form in terms of that f- argument with uh, Herman versus Kyle and whatnot. But you know, like I said, just just not Freeland's day on the mound today. Definitely a disheartening start for him, considering that the Rockies provided him with a, with seven runs of run support. He was unable to kind of battle out. The, he was unable to hold Pat and, and, and hold the Rockies ground and whatnot, you know, allowing three earned runs, but five collectively. Yes, yes, granted, two of those coming on errors from Ian Desmond and Ramel Tapia, but still, you know, for a guy that finished fourth in the Cy Young last year and was really kind of touted by a lot of Rockies fans and Rockies insiders as, you know, potentially the next ace of this rotation, his start to the season uh, has been really, really um, just disappointing in my opinion. So we'll definitely be curious to see how he continues to work. And Thomas Harding of MLB.com had a fantastic article come up on MLB. Um, I believe it was yesterday talking about how he's missing some pitch locations and pitch spots. Um, you know, his release points been a little off. And historically, from what we've seen so far from Freeland in his career, he does have a tendency to start off slow and pick things up as the season progresses. So like I said, that's why these trends are so interesting to follow because he, he has had a history of slow starts and he has had a history of bouncing back. Can he do that again in 2019? A, a really a pivotal point in the season right now as we're you know approaching mid-May, um, considering where the Rockies stand um, record-wise and in the division. And, you know, I kind of talked about it before this homestand, how this nine-game swing at Coors Field was really a pivotal opportunity for the Rockies to get back on track. You know, they, they lose the series against Arizona, and now they split the series against San Francisco after not playing that game uh, on Wednesday. And, and now they're set to welcome the San Diego Padres into town, which is, in my opinion, it, it's make-or-break time for the Rockies. And it, it might be a little ludicrous. You might think it's a little ludicrous 
that I'm talking like this, you know, this early in the season. And I was talking about this with Bill Peterson, who's a host here at My Life Sports Radio, um, you know, earlier today about, yes, the Rockets could easily go on a 14-game stretch and win 12 of 14, and they're right back in it. But, I mean, from what we've seen so far this season, that just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I mean, they had that one hot streak earlier in the season, but they're, you know, today's a perfect example. You know, they win today after being up seven. The, the fact that today's game was even a game is, is really just, it, it's mind-boggling, especially for a team with postseason aspirations, you know, it, it makes sense if they're playing the Cardinals or, or you know, um, the Phillies or the, the Braves, you know, the Dodgers, and, and this is the outcome. But we're talking about the lowly San Francisco Giants who sit at 16 and 21 on the season. You know, the Rockies need to beat up on these teams, especially the Giants, considering that they're a division opponent. And, you know, you, you saw the same trends with the Arizona series. They almost came back in game one of that series and were unable to pull through. Uh, and it's just... You know, these were, you know, it was scheduled six games. They only ended up playing five, but that swing against Arizona and now San Francisco was a really fantastic opportunity for the Rockies to find their footing at home and just overall collectively this season. Um, it, it's really important that these guys get going, in my opinion, um, here as they're set to welcome the San Diego Padres to town. Padres sitting at 21 and 17 on the season. They're uh, five and six in their last 10, so not playing the best baseball. So, again, uh, an opponent coming into Coors Field, not necessarily riding high with momentum or anything like that. Um, so, it, you know, a really, really big opportunity for the Rockies to also try to crawl back to 500 this season. You know, a sweep of the Padres would make the Rockies a 500 team, you know, come the end of that series on Sunday. And, and it would really be a big step in the right direction, I believe, for the Rockies because so far this season, the, the Rockies look like a 500 ball club. And I hate to break it to you folks, but any chance or any wishful thinking at winning the division is out the door now. I mean, the Dodgers are proven once again, regardless of whoever they trade away, whoever they lose, losing Machado and whatnot, that they are still the you know grandfather figure in the National League West. They are the superior team by a landslide. They are the best team in the division. And, you know, they will continue to look down on the Rockies until this club is able to figure some stuff out and, and get back on track, you know, and it's just these inconsistencies are, are just so frustrating, especially because I, I don't know if you guys read my work in the offseason, but I was clamoring. I was clamoring about how the Rockies needed to add some starting um, some depth to their starting rotation, how letting DJ LeMahieu go and expecting guys like Ryan McMahon and Garrett Hampson to supplement for you know his offensive production. It's a mistake. Continuing to roll Ian Desmond out there as a basically an everyday player is a mistake. And, you know, the Rockies entered the season facing a lot of what ifs. You know, if this guy can perform, if X player performs well, the team performs well. And they were really rolling the dice on a lot of these players, guys like Mike Dunn, Sung Juan o, um, Scott Oberg, Brian Shaw. And while a couple of them have panned out, a lot of them have not. And collectively, the Rockies, you know, they just can't seem to get on the same frequency. You know, when they pitch well, they don't hit well. When they hit well, they don't pitch well. And that is so frustrating just from a viewership perspective because we know what this team has talent-wise. Nolan Arenado is a top-five baseball player. Charlie Blackman is one of the best outfielders in the game. And, you know, after a down season last year, offensively, he's kind of coming back into his own, really putting forth a solid effort this season. Daniel Murphy has been good. Ryan McMahon has been good in spurts. Ian Desmond's batting average, I believe, is still below 200. You know, there's just a lot of moving parts with this team, and it's just, if you want to make the playoffs, and not just make the playoffs, if you want to make the playoffs and thrive, which is where the Rockies should be, you know, considering their previous, uh, considering their success these past two seasons, you need to get some consistency, you know, and, and you, you can't just be thrown out him or her, or, you know, that you can't just throw out these guys on a day-to-day -day basis and just hope that they play well. You know, you, you, you need to get a firm 
idea of the guys that you have, what they can do, how they can perform for you moving forward. And so far this season, like I said, these inconsistencies that the Rockies have been presented with have just really limited their ability so far this season. And I think the biggest struggle, the biggest weakness, the biggest crux of the Rockies right now is their starting rotation. You know, I kind of talked about Kyle Freeland here earlier, and his struggles were have just handicapped the team um, from establishing some consistency because the rest of the rotation hasn't been good. You know, Tyler Anderson has been bumped option to AAA Albuquerque. Antonio Sensatella doesn't look like he can go more than five and a third innings. You know, I believe he pitched, what, four and two-thirds his last time out. So he has really struggled to get things going on the mound as well. Um, uh, John Gray, like I said, has done a really good job at bouncing back this season, but he hasn't been overwhelmingly good. You know, he's been solid, he's been marginal, and he's kept the Rockies in ball games, and that's all you can ask. But for a team with the expectations that they have entering this season, it, it's it's a disappointing start. And it's not even a start anymore. We're in the thick of the season now. You know, they've played well over 25 games and these struggles are are still, you know, evident, you know, on a, on a game in game out basis. And, and, you know, I believe Buddy Black is frustrated. I believe this club is frustrated to a certain degree. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, although they escaped today with a victory, um, it's it's ridiculous that they're playing a, a division opponent, uh, a lesser division opponent at that. And they allow them to make it a game after they're up seven to nothing. And I, I, you know, that's got to be really, really frustrating if you're the Rockies, if you're their fan base, if you're ownership, if you're Jeff Breidich, you know, this is not how, this is not how, you know, this team expected to play out of the gate this season. And, and, you know, that's what my biggest, not my biggest beef, but, you know, the National League is so much, it's stacked this year, you know, it's, it's not as loose as it was last season. And, you know, like I said, I think the Dodgers are going to run away with this division handedly. And I think, um, you know, that the Rockies, if they're going to make the postseason this year are going to be playing for a wild card. And, you know, that thought in and of itself, in my opinion, is a little disappointing. You know, this is a team that, you know, two years ago made the wild card. You know, they were, they were new to the postseason hunt. They didn't really know what to expect. You know, they lost that game against Arizona. It is what it is. And then last year, they beat the Chicago Cubs in the wildcard play-in game, and then they advanced to get swept against the Milwaukee Brewers. And, you know, the next step is getting to the NLDS again, challenging whoever you play, and and hopefully advancing to the National League, um, uh, to the championship series. And, and, you know, at this point in time, that just doesn't seem realistic for this club. And I hate to say that, but their starting pitching is not deep enough. Their offense is good, yes, but, I mean, the starting pitching is going to make or break this team. You know, like we saw last year, um, the, the pitching was a main reason why they were able to turn things on as of late and really uh, crawl into that postseason race there late and, and establish themselves as a wild card. You know, the second wild card at that um, – you know, but they did manage to get in on the last back by their starting pitching. And, and, you know, I'm looking here at the National League division leaders and the wildcard team. So you got the Cubs sitting at 22 and 13 in, in, in the division lead in the Central. The Dodgers, obviously, 25 and 14, you know, as good as ever. Um, they're leading the West. And then you've got the Philadelphia Phillies sitting at 21 and 15 so far this season. And then you, and then you go over here to the wildcard standings. And, you know, only two teams are going to make the wildcard. And, and right now, that's the Milwaukee Brewers who are sitting at 23 and 16 and the Arizona Diamondbacks who are sitting at 21 and 16. And while we expect Arizona to drop, there are, including the Brewers and the Dynamics, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in front of the Rockies. Uh, you know, the Rockies really tied with the New York Mets, so that makes them tied for seventh. Um, in this, you know, in terms of the, the wild card standings, sitting at 17 and 20, and the cusp right now to make the wild card is 21 and 16. And, and listen, I understand it's a marathon, not a sprint. I really, really do. 
But I guess I'm just trying to put in perspective how much more competitive the National League is this season. Milwaukee and Chicago, you know, two teams that play in the same division. One of those two teams is making the playoffs. Throw the St. Louis Cardinals in the mix. That's three teams from the same division that are all going to be good, all going to be competitive, and are all going to be vying for a postseason spot. Like I said, I think the Diamondbacks will fall off. I think the Pittsburgh Pirates will fall off. But just in the National League West alone, you know, a lot of people think that the Padres will also fall off. They're a good team. Fernando Tatis Jr. is a stud. They have Eric Hosmer. They have Manny Machado. If they make one or two moves to add some depth to their pitching staff, they could be deadly this year. You know, maybe not win the world. They're not going to win the World Series. But in terms of rivaling the Rockies for that second spot in the National League wildcard, absolutely. And I mean, at this point, the Rockies just don't seem like a team that's going to make the playoffs. And, and like I said, proceed with caution with what I'm saying. But it's just... Things need to happen soon. Things need to turn around soon if this team really wants to establish themselves this season moving forward as a postseason threat, as a World Series threat. And through the first month and a half of the season, they have been just the opposite. They they look like a mediocre team. They look like they're a 500 ball club. And they don't look like they're competent enough on the field to compete with the best of the best, you know, especially a team like the Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals, in my opinion, are one of the greatest, fran- they are one of the greatest franchises in Major League Baseball history, competitive year in and year out. You know, the two seasons in which the Rockies made the playoffs, the Rock- or the, the Cardinals were right there till the end. And, you know, now they're going to sneak up and they have an opportunity to overtake the Rockies. Same with the Padres, same with the Braves, same with the Phillies, you know, regardless, depending on how the division shakes out and whatnot. So um, it's really going to be interesting to see how this season continues to boil down. But let, let's talk about this series against San Diego because I think this is, like I was talking about earlier, um, a, a key series for the Rockies at this point in the season. Obviously, you know, if they lose, there's plenty of games to make up. But it would be really nice if the Rockies could come out with a strong showing against San Diego, another division opponent. And remember here, folks, this was a nine-game homestand that the Rockies currently find themselves on all against division opponents. Disheartening series against Arizona, disheartening series against San Francisco, an opportunity to now salvage this homestand against San Diego, the one team that I believe is a real threat to overtake the Rockies in the division besides the Los Angeles Dodgers because I think that's a given. Um, the Padres sitting at 21-17 and 17 this season, so um, the, the snowed-out game yesterday will kind of tinker with the Rockies' rotation here a little bit, but the expectation is that Herman Marquez will start Game one, so the Rockies will be sending their their best pitcher to the mound, hopefully to get them off on the right foot. Marquez sitting at three and two this season with an ERA of three point four six, three point four six. So excuse me, not even Marquez is under has an ERA under three so far this season. So his struggles have absolutely um, you know creeped on the Rockies as well. I think the expectation is that John Gray will pitch on Saturday after getting bumped from his start on Wednesday. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. And then Sunday's kind of a toss up, you know, because this is the Tyler Anderson day. Um, you could see Jeff Hoffman get called up from AAA. Peter Lambert, probably not. And Peter Lambert's a guy that might get called up at some point this season if he continues to perform the way that he has at the minor league level because the Rockies need starting they need starting pitching depth, and I don't think that they're willing to go out on the free agent market or on the trade block, at least at this point in time, to address that need. Um, you know, I wrote an article on MyLifeSports.com a couple days ago talking about the idea of acquiring Marcus Stroman. Um, I think, Mark, you know, the Blue Jays came out a few days ago, maybe last week, talking about how they're going to get rid of their stars and, and, and their cornerstones of the past few years, with Stroman being one of them. And, and, you know, I know his stats have been a little inflated over the years, but he's been regarded as one of the better pitchers in the, in the American League the past five seasons or so. Um, the Rockies and Blue Jays have a history of doing trades together, you know, Troy Tulowitzki obviously being the big one, and acquiring Sung Hwan Oh from them last season as well. So, obviously, the front offices are friendly. They've engaged before. Maybe they decide to engage again. But, I, you know, I think that 
I think that um, adding a guy like Stroman would be a really big positive to this Rockies rotation because, you know, I was talking about Kyle Freeland and his struggles. I do think he will bounce back. If you can get, if you could get Freeland, Marquez, John Gray, if he continues on the pace that he has and add Stroman into that mix, and then you choose to round out your rotation with Sensatella, Anderson, if he decides to come back up and make something of himself, or even Peter Lambert, that's a really deep, solid, sharp rotation that the Rockies could have. And I just think that they're one starting pitcher away from buckling down on the mound. And to be honest with you, the Rockies. It, like I was talking about, with the with the expectation and the aspirations that they have, they should not be relying on guys like Antonio Sensatella to step up to the plate. And no, you know, I don't mean to talk bad on him. He's never going to be a guy that is going to be a reliable, a consistent starter, in my opinion. I don't. I, he's just too much of a mixed bag, and I don't think the Rockies have uh, you know enough time. They don't have a lot of time to uh, afford him in that sense. You know, this is a team with major aspirations this season, and they really need to start getting going. And, and you know, maybe a trade would be uh, a good thing for this team just to wake them up a little bit and get some new juice in the clubhouse um you know obviously we'll have to wait and see but you know going back to this series against san diego a really solid opportunity for the rockies to finish this homestand on a strong note and get back to a 500 record or close to it at least assuming they sweep them or win two of three which in my opinion is a reasonable expectation to have considering how the rockies have performed each of the past two seasons and where their aspirations sit this season so um a really big opportunity for them this weekend against san diego also mother's day weekend so a for all the Rockies moms out there, I'm sure they'd like to see them um, step it up and, and put together a nice performance. Let's uh, go to social media here. Um, I'm going to start off with Twitter, um, where I tweeted out, um, you know, I'll be recording a new podcast. If you have any questions, drop them to me and I'll answer them. So that's what I'm going to do here. The first one coming from McTapia at Rockies Rage 117. Are we making the playoffs with this roster? What acquisitions do you think they make? And, you know, I kind of hit on this a little bit here just a couple minutes ago. Um, I don't think they're making the playoffs at this point if, if they continue to perform the way that they do. I think that's a pipe dream. And, you know, maybe that's a little harsh and whatnot, but it's just the, the harsh reality of the situation is this team is not good right now. They're mediocre and they look like a 500 ball club. Uh, what acquisitions do you think they make? I don't know. You know, the Rockies have a history of not making a lot of trades, and there's a couple of reasons for that. But one thing that I can say with confidence is the Rockies overvalue their homegrown talent. They really do. They The way that they grade their homegrown players is a lot different than how other teams around the league um, you know, grade and rank and scout players and whatnot. And that's a reason why the Rockies are never really active in the trade market because they value their players to such a high degree and they want such a return for players that teams just kind of laugh at them. So, um, you know, what trades are they going to make? At this point, I would say nothing. Just, you know, given track record, given how Jeff Breidich operates, given how Dick Montfort values the homegrown guys, um, I, I think they're comfortable relying on, on some of the guys that they have internally right now. But obviously, there is still plenty of time, so we'll have to wait and see. I actually just got another question in coming in right now um, from Sparky at Sparky0630. Is it time to go after starting pitching most notably Dallas Keuchel? Dallas Keuchel is out of the question for the Rockies, and I hate saying that because I think he would be a really solid veteran addition to this rotation, but in order to sign Keuchel before, I believe, July 1st, that would require giving up a draft pick, and God knows the Rockies would do anything to not give up a draft pick. They, like I said, really, really value those homegrown guys, and I don't think they would give up a draft pick even for a perennial Cy Young winner, uh, not perennial, but a former Cy Young Award winner in Dallas Keuchel. Um, so I, I think he's just out of the question. And, you know, I, I thought, you know, Gio Gonzalez was a guy that was on the free agent market not too long ago and ended up getting picked up by the Milwaukee Brewers. You know, why don't you go after Gio Gonzalez, a low risk, high reward potential signing there? 
Um, I don't know what he signed for with Milwaukee. But he was on a minor league deal with the Yankees before that. So it couldn't have been too much. Gonzalez, another veteran guy that, you know, has been there and done that. Would have been interesting to see how he would have fit in this rotation. Um, you know, but Sparky, I, I just don't envision the Rockies signing Dallas Keuchel. Um, if any, you know, I would, like I said, I would love for them to trade for Marcus Stroman. I think that would be a really, really big acquisition for them. Although I just, it doesn't seem realistic at this point in time. So um, we're definitely going to have to see how this continues to play out. Does Jeff Breidich get a little trigger-friendly and decide to make a move? Probably not, although it could happen. Um, you know, And a lot of people are probably waiting for them to get to the deadline here, but there's a chance that the Rockies get to the deadline and they're well out of this race. And then there's a lot of questions. You know, no, The whole Nolan Arenado's opt-out after three years comes into play. Do you Who do you want to give long-term contracts to? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm not trying to say that one bad season could derail everything the Rockies have worked for these past couple seasons, but... I, listen, I, I think the pressure is certainly on them to perform and perform here soon enough and, and get back to playing at a high level of baseball that we saw last season. Uh, moving on here, we got another um, question here coming on my Instagram. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at avp.media. This one coming from Daniel saying, when will they realize they need a starting pitcher? Dot, dot, dot. Bad. Um you know, this has been kind of the topic here outside of their struggles. They need starting pitching. You know, they signed Jorge De La Rosa to a minor league contract. I don't know if you'll ever see him um, this season. And if you do, it'll probably be in a relief role. But they need starting pitching, guys. Um, it, it just doesn't seem to be a pressing issue at this point. But listen, Bud Black is a pitcher's guru, a pitching manager. I, I You know, he's got to be voicing his concerns to the club, to the front office. And I think this team recognizes where they're at with their rotation. Um, and if things don't improve by the end of this month, you've got to step up to the plate and make a move, in my opinion. And I'm willing to give them a couple more weeks um, to see where they finish out, although it, it's not looking too encouraging at this point in time, guys. So, um, you know, some stuff to keep an eye on as we continue to move forward this season. Rommel Tapia and Ian Desmond, let's talk about that here real quick. Desmond with a home run. Tapia um, with that error here today, although he has been playing well as of late, collecting two hits in the game today, hitting 298 on the season now. So you're seeing his average rise um, as a left fielder. So that is something that I think we've seen shift more from Ian Desmond being the everyday starter to a little bit more of a platoon setting, which I think is a good thing for the Rockies. You can't continue to play Ian Desmond in an everyday level, considering how poorly he's performed, you know, in now two and a half seasons as a Rocky. And, and Rommel Tapia is out of options as well. So you're kind of at the point where you have to see what you can get out of Tapia. Um, you know, do you think this guy could be an everyday outfielder of the future? Or do you think he's a potential trade chip? You know, he's hitting 298. He, he's out of options, like I said. Maybe you try to move him in a Garrett Hampson or a Ryan McMahon for a starting pitcher. Who knows? You know, th these are all options that I believe should be on the table for the Rockies if they do want to be taken, you know, as a serious threat in the National League West, in the National League overall this season. So um, we're going to have to see all the, how all this stuff plays out. But the Rockies will welcome the San Diego Padres to Coors Field starting tomorrow. First pitch, I believe, at what, 640 or 610, one of the two, um, at Coors Field for a three-game set. will round out the end of this homestand for the Rockies. Rockies currently sitting at 17-20, and 20, a really good opportunity for them to get back to 500 this season and really pick up the pace and get back on track. Um, you know, and, and try to make the postseason here for the third consecutive seasons. You know, this is by it's no it's by no means impossible to make the postseason, but considering the trends that this team has been on so far to opening the season, it looks a little bit more like a, a pipe dream than a reality. And, and you know, call me harsh if you want. Tweet me at avp uh, at media by ap. You know, message me on Instagram at avp.media. But just to be completely honest with you guys, 
the way that the National League is shaping up and considering how good the Dodgers are, it's an uphill journey for the Rockies at this point in time. And they're going to really need to put their best foot forward. Um, you know, whether that be with the guys that they have currently or whether that be, you know, getting a little ballsy and making a big time trade to try to get this team back on track. So we'll have to wait and see. But again, guys, be sure to follow me on the social media stuff on Twitter at media by AP on Instagram at avp.media. Also be sure to check out all of our work at milehighsports.com. You can check out this podcast on iTunes, mhs.com and on Spreaker. We really appreciate it. Give us a like, give us a comment, give us a rate, whatever you want to do. We really appreciate all your feedback so we can make you the fan, a more educated one. Um, let us know what we're doing good. Let us know what we're doing bad. We want to make sure that we're providing you guys with the best possible content uh, around here and i really do believe that uh, over here at my life sports we have the premier rockies content between luke zalman and myself and jenna as well i think we do a really really good job of uh, covering all the bases when it comes to colorado rockies baseball but that's going to do it for me in the latest installment of the 20th and blake podcast signing off we'll talk to you later hopefully we have some better weather at this point and hopefully we're done with the snow and 40 degree days but until next time guys take it easy